Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. All right, so I am here with my cousin Yolanda, and we are going to be talking about her life experiences and how she overcame a lot of what um, she dealt with in her past. I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself, Yolanda, and then we'll get right into our conversation. My name is Yolanda. I, I had three kids and one grandson. Okay. And then when you were in school, so high school, um, what was kind of your life plan for yourself? <laughs> My life plan? Yeah, like what did you want to do? Did you want to be a chef? Did you want to be um, a lawyer? Like what was your career goal back then? Back then in school, it was probably plants. I love working with plants. Okay. And then weren't you in like the the culinary program? At like both? I, went to, I was too bad to go to one school. So I went to school half a day at Salem County Votech mm-hmm. and the other day at Shalakai. So you had to go to Votech because you were bad? Yeah. So what did you do at Votech? Uh, it was just a trade. It's a trade school. You learn different trades. I, uh, I learned how to make signs, signs, and then I learned how to cook. I had cosmetology classes. They did it like every cycle. You know what I mean? Oh, every okay. Market period. So they changed to a different thing. So when um, cooking, culinary arts, horticulture, landscapes. Um, I did, like, did some classes, I redid them over again. Got it. Okay. So once you got out of college, um, how old, well, how long before you had your first baby? I was 26 when I had my daughter. You were 26? Yep. And do you feel like, um, well, how do you feel like having a baby changed your life? Oh, I loved my daughter. Oh, she was my world. Felicia was everything I ever had. Ever had. She was. She meant the world to me, Felicia. And between high school and having her, uh, what type of jobs did you have? I worked for the state of New Jersey. Assistant administrator, uh, CNA, and uh, HSA. I did that type of work for nursing and. Um, assistant administrator at West Point, like when they came out of Ancourt somewhere, before you went to the world, you stayed in Ancourt for a long time. You go to this rest home that taught you how to go back into life, and I worked there. Okay. So then, did you stay at those jobs once you had your daughter? Yes, I did. Okay. I worked up until Kalisha was about maybe... I have to say about eight. I got hurt, though. My back was messed up. I messed my back up at that job at the veterans home. Okay. So then when you weren't working, um, how did that change things for y'all? 
Well, Kalisha's father owned Pierce Construction. So mm. she was never on welfare. I just got food stamps and I lived off my child support. It wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Okay. So at what point um during her childhood did you feel like things started to get a little overwhelming? Oh boy. Um like when my grandparents died. When your grandparents died? Yep. And how did that affect you um when that happened? I was like left with nowhere to go, nothing to do. You know, I just was left alone. And I ventured off into my own little world. I had taken my daughter, and when I couldn't find afford a place for me and my daughter to stay, I asked my sister to take care of her. Or to until I got my own place, and then my sister took went to the Salem County Courthouse and took custody of her. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It happened so, and it, I can't say. Then I felt like she took my whole life away from me. It just got worse and worse. A downward spiral into a a tight depression. Where I dug myself deeper into something that it was hard to get out. It took me like twenty five years to get out of it. So, so when your when your grandmom died, right? Because she was the last one. Um, so right. you, that pretty much sent you into a state of depression. Yes. Okay. So now your sister is, you know, helping you take care of your daughter um, because you just weren't able to um, because of your mental state. Where were you at this point? Like, were you just kind of living with friends? Were you, where Where were you living? I was living in a hotel at first. Okay. I went to the hotel. Then I was living with the friends and trying to work. Without no care for my daughter. Okay. So it was hard to juggle everything at one time. I just couldn't do it. So then at this point, you are trying to make it work by over trying to overcome your depression on your own, obviously. Did anybody know what you were going through? No. See, I'm schizophrenic. I don't talk. And it's like some schizophrenic to sit down and talk to everybody. Me, I'm a loner. I like to be, I just only have certain people into my little, that part of my life, private life, just certain people could be there. You know what I mean? But back then, back then, did you know you were schizophrenic? I knew something wasn't right with me, (laughs) but I never knew exactly what it was. Back then, the school days, Mm -hmm. they kept and it, it, I was emotionally disturbed when I was in school. Right. I couldn't go to school the whole day. Then I graduated high school, did a little college, did all that. But then after that, that's when I got, when I was on my own, that's when I got things just didn't work out for me. It was a little overwhelming to deal with. Well, yeah, it was a lot, more than a little, a lot overwhelming to deal with at one time. Yeah. I didn't know. It was just the part in life that, you know, they put you into a little classroom with two or three students and they tell you this one or that one. And they learn if you was in regular classes, this shit, any stuff. 
So you're saying they, in high school, they knew you were emotionally disturbed, but no one helped you deal with your emotional issues. No, they didn't. They used to see the school psychologist, and that was it. Okay. And, and then you, every everybody would have been special ed class. About four, no more than six students in a class. and But they teach you stuff. You know, we went on trips, and we did a um, little bit of here and there. But most of the times, it was just as long as you can go to school and behave, you got a point or a star for being a hate and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so no one was teaching you coping strategies? No. Okay. No. So now you're out on your own. You realize that it's something is emotionally wrong with you, mentally wrong with you. Um, you're trying to work. You're trying to get yourself together so that your daughter can move back with you. Um, so where do you go from there? Like, what happens? Uh, I just got worse and worse. I, I was a drug addict for one, and it just got worse and worse. I just, I didn't change drugs. I just was on the same drug. And my tolerance for it just got higher and higher. It just wasn't enough. And I couldn't keep getting a job. I couldn't get too busy running. I was also disabled at the time. So I couldn't hold the job down because my back was so messed up. Right. Still is till the day, but, but um, I still would walk, walk the streets and stuff for drugs. That's what I did what I do and to get myself together, you know what I mean? But other than that, it was... It was just hard. It was real hard. So what, I mean, if you don't mind, like, what type of drugs were you on? Just crack cocaine. Okay. Yeah. Were you ever on any other drugs? I used to do pop pills. I used to smoke marijuana. But the hardest thing I ever did was crack. I used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. So when you first started you know, doing crack, how did you even get introduced to it? Uh, I always a different color. Uh, um, it's, I really don't remember that. Okay. I really don't remember how I got into it. But, um, um, trying to think, really. But, um, now I really don't remember how, who was the first person that introduced me to it. Who was the first? I really don't remember who was the first person that introduced me to it. Do you, was it somebody was, that you knew, though, that was already yeah, doing it? I guess it had to be already doing it to introduce me to it, but it's, it had to be somebody I knew because I just didn't hang with just anybody. Right. Even when I was on the streets, I didn't hang with a lot of people. When you see me outside, you see me by myself. Somebody might stop and ask a question, but I never hung with people. Yeah. So, how long were you on the streets um, Mm -hmm. doing drugs? Wow. About 25, 27 years. And through that time... Um, did you ever try to get clean and go to rehab? Yeah, but it was always 
I don't know. I was always only empty. Empty. The drugs, I don't know, maybe they kept me company or whatever, or, or whatever. I got out of it. It, it. You know what I mean? Kept me out of pain, too, because crack numb you up. Yeah. Or race you around the world. But, you know what I mean? You just, it's not being a drug addict, first of all. It's not what made me stay there. I mean, it's not what brought, like, I don't even know how to say that. It's not it's what kept the, you on the streets. The that I'm trying to kill. A person is trying to kill a villain. That's when they're on the drugs. That's what they use drugs for, to kill a villain. Some people do have on to numb that villain just as well as do coke. Everybody got their own different take on what drugs they want to do. Yeah. So for you, it was to try to numb that feeling of depression and anxiety and loneliness. Yeah. So you said that you have three kids. You only talked about yeah. one. So when did you have your second kid? Well, my first daughter, I have uh, my first daughter, my my first son. They're fourteen years apart. So fourteen years after I had Kalisha, I had Bryant. Okay. And two years after I had Bryant, I had Brandon. So the and last two, my sister Miriam, mm-hmm. and Ryan stayed with my sister Paula. I let them adopt them because you know life has came into your life. So, but I didn't want them to have to live differently or any way that they wanted to live their life. Cause life has kept coming to the house and stuff. So I asked them, could they adopt them? Well, they asked me, could they adopt them? And I said yes. So and they kept them being with strangers. I wouldn't, couldn't live if my kid was with some stranger. So. Right, exactly. So when you were pregnant with them, were you in rehab or were you still on the streets? I was on the streets, but I had a plan. I already knew what I was going to do. Okay. Who I was going to ask to take my first one. Who I was going to ask to take the second one. I already knew what I was going to do. Matter of fact, I talked to them and said, I don't want their last name changed. I don't, you know, don't cut their hair off to see how those rules. Um, I mean, we sat down, we talked. It wasn't just here, take my kid and get out of my life. Yeah. And if they had immediately, they picked up the phone to call and I was always there. Yeah. So, did you know that, to, did you know that Kalisha asked me to take Brian? To take Brian? Yeah. Or I think... Brand. No, Brian. That's why I'm his godmom. Oh, uh, why would she ask you to take Brian? Because she didn't know um, that Nori was going to take him. Oh. And so yeah. she had called me and asked me if I would take him and asked me if I would move back because I was in college. Well, I was finishing college. Um, and if I would take him. And I told her I would. And that's why, that was one of the reasons why I came back home. Oh, okay. I didn't know none of that. Yeah. And then before I actually went back, Nori told me that um, she was going to take him. Yeah, I had called her, but it was some complications. Something happened to one of her kids when they were little, but it wasn't nothing wrong. Bad happened. Something he did, and then diapers got involved, so they had to make sure she was clear to take him. Mm-hmm. But 
All I knew is nobody strange was going to take her back to the hospital. I wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah. And, I mean, clearly our family was, everybody, you know, Kalisha was not playing around. Like, <laughs> she was calling and asking. Um, yeah. So, she was going to make. She still takes care of brothers. She still helps me out a lot with Yeah. She, she always sure has, so. She's mm-hmm. a good She is. So, okay. So, now you have these two kids. Um, your sisters have agreed to take them. Um, after they're born, do you attempt rehab again, or what did you do? Uh, me and I was a drug addict. Okay, I stayed up for six or seven days at a time and didn't take one hour of sleep, not even fifteen minutes of sleep. And about my eighth day, when I couldn't see straight, then I would go to either to BJ if he was home or. Tyria, Newark, Tishy. And if I could not pay somebody in the crack house to sleep at their house, then I would sleep for like four or five days. Mm-hmm. So, to talk to me when I was, before I went to sleep was not good. So me and the diapers were going to get into fights. I would cuss them out something fiercely. But um, then after that, you know what I mean? I just fed up with them. I just signed over my parental rights for them to go ahead and adopt them. Yeah. Now, how many times did you attempt to go to rehab? I went to... uh, The first rehab I went to was at Seabrook House. The second rehab I went to was at Seabrook House, but then I prolonged it more to went to a a place called the Epiphany House in Ashbury Park. Mm-hmm. It was a rehab to go to, but you took the kids with you, and you had diapers there at this place, too. You took your kids with you, so they got help as well as you did. So I took Kalisha, and we was going for nine months, and I came back, got back on drugs again. It was just a lot of mix. How can I say this? It was a lot of the way I felt, the way people made you feel. So that's what really, I think, kept me out there. Yeah. Trying, like, you know, I want to get clean. Oh, you, what you want to get clean for? You can go out there and use drugs. Well, I need a couple of hours, so I'm hungry. I'm not giving you, you're going to use it for drugs. Really, sometimes people that need a couple of hours really need a couple of hours to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't get what they can do. And usually when I say I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Yeah. (laughs) So when you went to, the final rehab, like what kind of, what happened? Okay, ha- since I have a dual, dual, um, diagnosis. Dual yes. I, I was schizophrenic who has a psychiatrist. And on top of that, I have a drug problem. So you can't just go to a rehab. I could, and, and plus I have, I'm disabled. Mm-hmm. I have oxygen, I have no pain. I have uh, a wheelchair. Um, I'm over. I mean, I I'm blue. I'm twice, three times the size as I was as I when I was on drugs. Um, so, so I'm I'm a little messed up right now. But if I went anywhere, I have to go somewhere where there's a psychiatrist on board staff. Um, somewhere I can take a wheelchair. 
all the time I had to go sign myself into a hospital who also had crisis in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I went to, it was down there, close to about 10 minutes away from New York. That's where my daughter drove me. And I stayed there for, a matter of fact, I came home like four days early. Yeah, it was like a hospital, but it was a place where then they pissed me off. I didn't want to be in the first place. And then I took telling everybody, if I want to start get high, I said, I don't need a rehab. But to make everybody happy, I would go to all these rehabs. <laughs> and then I went to that place. I forget what it was called. Bergen, Bergen something. Mm-hmm. I went there and then, there. then I went to Atlantic City to um to somewhere else and um i forget the names of all these places it's been a while ago but um after that that was the last rehab i went to so the last one that you went to what would you say was the difference was it the place or was it you where you decided you didn't want to do drugs anymore oh no when i came out of that last rehab i did drugs again Oh, okay. Yeah. When I stopped getting high this time, when I stopped getting high, I just, I didn't want to get high no more anyway. It's just, the, it was just the places that I was going. Mm-hmm. To have a place to go that nobody got high, so I would get high. But this time I said, I will, I call, I will call, um, I call my sister who called my daughter and my other sister. They all got together. Mm-hmm. And she went to, I was in a hospital. And they said, you have to be on oxygen 24 hours. So when I called her and everything, that's what happened. I called her and told her. So she called me back. She said, well, you're, uh, you're going to stay with... And I said, I just need a year. So I stayed with Tishy for I stayed with my daughter, but helping Tishy put Brandon on the bus. So I wanted to stay with Tishy. Mm-hmm. So how long ago was this that you, um, that they, it'll be be a year, October the 10th. Okay. So when you were, um, going through this process, like were, was there a place where you could go for resources, like the health and human service department or something where they could help you? Um, with therapies or see a psychiatrist or with housing or I always keep I always kept myself on um, EA emergency assistance mm-hmm. and it was not it wasn't general assistant at EA because I was schizophrenic at EGA they would put you to school like you had to take classes and teach you how to get a job go for an interview and stuff like that I couldn't work so I was on EA Okay. So I would get food stamps. So I always had money at the beginning of the month. So I always got a place to go. Like I could always somebody stay in their house or whatever. Did they provide any other services? So you got food stamps, but Uh, did they give you? Listen, I already, I always dealt with the guidance center. Okay. And then. Uh, hospital hooked me with the goddess in the world. I could go to classes and stuff, and they give you things to help you out with. But mm-hmm. like now, we for them to um, put me, um, like to help me out with subsidies to, to 
like a section eight or whatever it is. Okay. For housing. For housing. I got um different type of insurance now. But the guidance center helped me get different insurance now that helps me out more with my disabilities. Um, but just fight I have to wait out the the time of getting a house you know what i mean the housing assistance yeah so what are they what do they offer you though as far as housing is it like a specific place that you have to go um or can you find the place and then they just pay for it when they put the subsidy through and they said that you could go ahead and they're going to provide you to have to approve it it's through the state the state have to approve it okay they say they approve it then i go out and find one bedroom apartment okay you know what i mean because that's just me i can only do a one bedroom and your target go for one bedroom is 900 and i think 40 or 60 dollars you can't find an apartment over that because you can't afford it well you can afford it but they're trying to help you pay your electric bill and they pay you like six seven hundred dollars towards the rent and the rest you have to pay okay and then they become your payee, and then they take out your money to pay your electric bill, and they take the money if you have a gas bill, pay your gas bill. You got a cell phone, they can pay your cell phone, and then you can get allowance each week, every two weeks or once a month. Only thing I know is when they bring the money around for you to, for your um for you to get uh allowance, mm-hmm. it's second. Then they take you to the bank to cash it and. Bring you back home. If you got to go food shopping, they take you to food shopping and stuff like that. Okay. Now, I remember when we went on vacation, you were able to get a wheelchair um, delivered to our resort. So, was that under the same insurance? No, I, I paid cash for that. Oh, okay. I didn't know if that was, like, covered under your insurance. Yeah, but see, that Medicaid won't, but the new insurance I have, covers me getting wheelchairs and stuff like that yeah okay so now that you are clean um it's been over a year right that you've been clean almost a year it'll be a year october the 10th october the 10th um where do you want your life to go from here now i'm ready to live my life i start to change my life around I don't do the drugs, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't do nothing no more, I don't run the streets no more. I'm ready to start building my life up, start building my life. Something I should have did years ago when I got out of school, start building, start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. From the bottom, I got to work all the way up and hopefully I don't think I'm too old before I can, and I'm on SSI, I'm not going to be able to buy a house. But an apartment, somewhere to call my own will be sufficient, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just fix it up and just... Never leave there, you know what I mean? I'll be there for the rest of my life. But right now, find somebody that I can share my life with and just go on with my life. Now, how's your relationship with your kids? Oh, my relationship's good with my kids. Just my youngest son, he's just a piece of work. But they say he acts just like me, and I knew I was a piece of work. So, and, you know what I mean? I guess the apple didn't fall for the tree for that one, but. Yes, I'm that, but we still have a relationship, good relationship. We talk. I'm right here with my oldest son. My daughter just left, and my youngest son, I'm ready to go home to the two. So, good. We have a good relationship with my kids. Good. And then, how about with your family? 
Like, how does your family treat you now? Oh, they, see, my family always treated me nice. Always treated me okay. But now they, you know I me, mean? they're more, uh, what I can say, lenient toward me. Um, they more listen to my problems or, they, you know, we talk. We talk every day on the phone. Yeah. I talk more to them now than I did them. I'm not trying to hide the crap I did or ashamed of them finding out. I'm not trying to hide that. It just... I just talk, you know, every day we talk. All my sisters and brothers. Do you feel like that was what you were missing before? Um, I have no idea yet. I'm still, I'm not totally, I'm look, I'm healed from the drugs and stuff, but I'm not totally healed from all the stuff I put myself through. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might be better to answer that question better in a couple of years, but for right now, I don't want to get high. I'm done with that part of my life. I just, you know what I mean? Right now I'm at the step where I'm just waiting for this apartment to open up so I can blossom some more and then see how far more I could get to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you, um, are you going to therapy? Like, do you have a psychiatrist that you talk to? Do you have a yeah, therapist? I have a psychiatrist. I have a psychiatrist. I just, you know, also I do a lot of, Virtual classes with the goddess that are canceling it. Sit there and talk with the people. We got classes where we all sit there and talk about stressing out, how to handle life's um, things. With everything, you know what I mean, that I still learn. They taking their time out and teaching me. I'm teaching and learning it now. Good. I'm doing pretty good with it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, um, well, I want to just say how proud I am of you, um, when I, you know, came back from college and I saw you when you were on the streets, it was very shocking to me because um, I hadn't seen you in a while. And I remember I was going to pick up Brian and you were talking to me from my car. And I'm not going to lie, like the whole way that I was going home, I cried because I didn't want anything to happen to you. Um, it was really hard for me to see you like that. And so just seeing how far you've come, I mean, I, I really am proud of you. Um, I know this is not hard. I know every day is a struggle um, just because that was your norm for so long. But I'm really glad that you have a good support system. Um, you know, I know your brothers, your brother and your sisters are here for you, but I'm always here for you. Um you know, honestly, when you used to just randomly call me, like, it felt good because I knew you were okay. Um, yeah. You know, when you were in the hospital a couple of times, you would call me and <laughs> be telling me how you was cussing the people out. And um, it made me feel good because I knew that you were somewhere safe, to be honest. Um, so to see where you are now and to hear you talk about your future uh, makes me happy because I know that you're going to keep pushing forward. And um, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. And I'm going to keep on going. I'm not stopping no time soon. I'm just going to keep on pushing through until I can't push no more. Yeah. And 
I don't know like where life is going to lead you, but you know, if there's anything that I can ever do to help you, um, please always let me know. And if I can help you, you know, I will. Yep. Sure. will. Well, Lonnie, I appreciate, uh, I thank you for taking out this time to talk to me about this. Um, I know it's, it's a very sensitive topic. Um, for a lot of people to even hear because we, you know, especially when you're in it um, and then you get out of it, you don't really want to relive it. But it's good to it's good for you, I think, to talk about it so that you can see just how far you've come. Um, yeah. And to know that that's me that I don't want to go back. Exactly. It's just not the life that you want to go back to. And I'm done with it. It's over. Yeah. And I have every confidence that, you know, your life is going to push forward and all that you would like to achieve, you will achieve. Yep. All right. Well, again, thank you for talking to me tonight and have a good night. You too. All right. Love you. Give my baby a kiss. I will. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger And check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.